One of my uh, favorite stories um, I heard several years ago was about a, uh, a guy who was out with his friends, and uh, he promised his wife he would be home by 10 o'clock. And then suddenly, as they were playing poker at a buddy's house, he looked up and realized it was well after 10, and he was in big trouble. And uh, he bolted out of the house and uh, started running toward home. Uh, he had walked over there and uh, realized, you know what? Um, I, I got to take a shortcut. And the only shortcut was actually through a, a graveyard. And walking through a graveyard was really scary. You know, late at night, dark, you can't really see. And so he was already on a, you know, kind of on edge. And uh, he was trying to pay attention, but he didn't pay close enough attention. And sure enough, stepped right into an open grave that was getting ready for a funeral the next day. He falls down in the grave, kind of checks himself. Now he realizes he's not hurt, but now it's pitch black. He can't see, and he's trying to jump, and he can't jump high enough to pull himself out. And he's trying to claw his way up the wall, but he can't, he can't climb because the dirt is loose. And he realizes, I'm stuck. And, you know, nobody's going to find me out here in the middle of this grave, you know, in the cemetery. So I might as well hunker down and wait till light until they come back out. And then I can get out tomorrow. So he did. He just curled up in a corner and, and pretty soon he was, he was sound asleep. About midnight, there was another guy, kind of the same scenario, cutting through that same graveyard, also heading home, also in a, a little bit of a hurry, also had just a few too many drinks in him. And as he was walking through, he fell into that same open grave. And he hits that dirt bottom, and he's like, what in the world? And now he realized, same thing, but he doesn't notice because he can't see. There's a guy curled up in the corner, sound asleep. And so he's yelling for help, and nobody's there, and he's trying to jump, and he's trying to jump. Well, while he's doing all that, the guy in the corner wakes up and kind of shakes himself and realizes another guy done it. He's just, and he's kind of happy. He's like, you know what? I'm not the only stupid man in this town. And so the guy's jumping and jumping, and finally he's, he's yelling, somebody help me. And all of a sudden, out of this dark corner, he hears this man say, you'll never get out of here. <laughs> but he did. <laughs> I love that story. Well, we're in this series. Uh, we just started last week called Canyons, and... Um, it's trusting God in the dark nights of the soul. And last week we talked about disappointment. And I want to encourage you, if you weren't here last week, to use the app or go online to listen to that. I think it'll help you. But today I want to talk about a canyon that I know every single one of us deal with. It's fear. All of us have fear. And I guarantee even this last week, many of us were struggling with fears of various kinds. But sometimes, like the guy in our story, fear becomes a grave. Fear becomes this pit that we fall into and we can't seem to break ourselves out of. Now, if I were to ask you today, you know, what are you afraid of? Um, some of us would say, I'm, I'm afraid of spiders. Anybody? Afraid of spiders? Snakes? Who doesn't like snakes? How about a fear of flying? Any fear of flying in here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How many of you have a fear of raising your hand in public? <laughs> we, we, have, we have all kinds of fears that we deal with, but, but I want to I talk about the deeper fears. Some of you are afraid of the future. Uh, it's filled with uncertainty, indecision, and when you think about it, it's overwhelming. 
Some of you have some people in your life who are in desperate places, and when you think about them, your heart becomes filled with fear. Uh, some of us, I, I know, are facing health issues, and those kinds of things can take our breath away, can't they? Um, this last week, I was at the, at the dermatologist. I had a place on my arm that I didn't, didn't like, and, and uh, they did a skin scan, and they looked it over, and and uh, it's, sure enough, it's precancerous, and they sprayed it, and they looked over it and spraying all these spots. I think I had more spray on me than the time I got done. But then they found something on my face, and she said, ah, that looks like skin cancer. And so they did a biopsy. And uh, any of you who, you know, when they start using the word cancer, you know, how many of you, that, it, it just takes your breath away, you know? And fortunately, thank, thank the Lord, it was benign. There was no, no skin cancer, and I'm thankful for that. Um, but it's scary, isn't it? And in those times when fear really grips us, you know, it's really hard to trust God in those moments. And, and I want to talk about that today, okay? You got your sermon outline out? I love it. All of our kids got, our, got their outlines out and ready to go. I love that. You trying to impress your pastor, or is this what you really do? Yeah. Will's giving you extra points, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, why don't you take your sermon outline out? Let's jump into it. We, we, we're looking at several of the Psalms, and of all of the things that David faced, um, fear was a reoccurring theme for him. If you read through Psalms, I challenge you, how many times David uses the word fear or being afraid? And you'll find that, that David struggled with this. He faced a lot of different things, and fear was a big part of his journey. Now, here's what's interesting about that. Usually when we think of David, we think of somebody who's fearless. I mean, this guy took on Goliath, you know. But David wasn't fearless. He was courageous. And there's a difference. You know, fearless means you feel no fear. Courageous means even though you feel the fear, you do the right thing. And that's how I want to be. Now, once you just jump to it, I want to welcome our online audience. Thanks, you guys, for, for joining us here as, as well this morning. Let's, uh, let's jump to the outline. Let's look at uh, Psalm 34. Throw that up on the screen for me. David says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. Read it out loud with me, church. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. That's a great verse. Let's read it again. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Now, fear does a, a lot of stuff to you. Why is it so important we talk about? Well, fear does a lot of things. Um, one of the things that it does is that fear distorts our thinking. Fear distorts our thinking. Yeah. Um, it, when it gets in our head, it's like that's the only thing we can think of. Let me say to you, how many of you have ever um, had to take a, a big test? Um, it, it could be some kind of exam that you had to take, and you had studied well for it, you had prepared well for it, but man, the moment they put that test on, the, on your desk or in front of you, all of a sudden this fear locked in because you were so afraid that you weren't going to pass the test and all the things that you were so afraid, you had a hard time remembering the answers. Anybody? Yeah, that happens. Yeah, and fear has a way of just, you know, distorting our thinking and the way that we think about things. Um, it was real interesting. Our, our youngest son, Nathan, when he, was, when he was a kid, you could tell he was really smart because he could, you know, he could recite everything, but he, he had a hard time testing. And the teacher talked about the fact that, you know, Nathan was one of those that, you know, he didn't do well on written tests, but you could tell. So she started giving him tests to, to take 
orally, and he actually was in the gifted program because of that. Some of us just, that just locks us up. Well, that's because fear distorts the way we think about things. Fear also, this is really interesting, fear magnifies our obstacles. Fear magnifies our obstacles. Um, whatever we're facing, fear seems to make it worse. Really interesting. Several years ago, they did a study at Duke University. Uh, they took uh, one group of people, two different groups of people. One group of people, they, they told both groups that they were going to give them a shot. And uh, they were testing this needle. And they, on one group, they told them, this needle is really going to hurt. We want to prepare you for this. Uh, it has to go in deep. It's a thick needle. Uh, and we have to push it in far. And it's probably going to be some of the greatest pain that you've ever, you know, you know and why, why you would sign up for a study like that, who knows. But they did. And then the second group, they said, when you get the shot, it's no big deal. It's, it's just a little prick. You will hardly feel a thing. It'll be over in a moment. You won't feel anything at all. And they, they did. They told two different stories to two different groups. And what was interesting, they asked after the group, they asked the question on a, on a scale of one to 10, what was, your, what was your pain level? And what was interesting is, who do you think felt the most pain? Yeah, those who they told they were going to feel most And it was actually a psychological test to ask the question, how does fear impact our perceptions of things? And the fact of the matter is, fear magnifies that. Here's another one I bet some of you can relate to. Fear has a way of ruining our relationships. Fear is a way of ruining our relationships. It's so interesting, especially if you have been in a relationship somewhere along the way, and you have been hurt. A lot of us who came out of childhood where we were abused uh, or treated very unkindly, or if we have been uh, with someone in a, some kind of romantic relationship as a boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife, and you were treated very badly or you were hurt very very deeply, um, what happens is you carry that wound with you, and when you get into another relationship, guess what? You have all this fear. And when you're really afraid... Listen very carefully to what I'm going to say. When you're very afraid like that, you see things even when they're not there. Does that make sense to you? And fear can really get in the way and ruin relationships for us. Here's another, another thought that I, I know you found to be true. Fear erodes our faith. Fear erodes our faith. I, I read a statement last week. And I don't think I fully agree with it, but I agree with it a little bit. Um, what it said was, fear and faith cannot occupy the same space. Fear and faith cannot occupy the same space. Now, I don't think I really agree with that. Because I think in my own journey, and as I look at David, I think David demonstrated faith even though he was afraid. I think, think that's possible. But here's what I do know. When, whenever you're facing some kind of circumstance that's stimulating fear, here's what's going on. You have these two tensions pulling at you. The one tension of fear is wanting you to focus on that fear. It's wanting you to focus on what might happen. It's wanting you to focus on the crisis or the circumstance or the catastrophe. The other is faith reaching out, pulling you, wanting you to believe. What do you know about God? What can you trust about God? What have, how has God answered? And now I think you feel this dynamic going on. And here's what I do know. The more you lean into that fear, the more your faith will wane. And it'll have a way of eating away at it. Does that make sense to you? Um, which gets me to the last thought. And that is that fear empowers our enemy. Fear empowers our enemy. 
when I was working on the message, this hit me like a ton of bricks. The fact that fear um, is, is, is that tool that the enemy uses in such an incredible way in our lives. In fact, I put this on your outline. The enemy's greatest tool is intimidation. It's intimidation. He wants to capture you, chain you with that fear. I love, I love how Peter describes this. Throw, throw this up on the line, up the screen for me, please. He says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Read this next line out loud with me. He prowls around like a roaring lion. He prowls around like what? A roaring lion. It's like you're walking along and, and, and something happens and, and, you know, you're facing this fear and, and you can just begin to hear the enemy speak into your head. You know, this is going to be a disaster. You know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to die. You're going to, you know, this is going to go bad. This person's going to happen. This is going to happen and this is going to happen. And, and he just, he just takes that and that's that roar that begins to happen to you. He loves to intimidate you. He loves to just paralyze you with fear. Because if he can get you to lean into the fear, you guys, God, but you can relate to this. Fear causes us to do stupid stuff. Amen? Stupid stuff. This is a great story. Throw it up on the screen. This is um, a guy by the name of James Carroll Franklin. Uh, He uh, stood trial in uh, Wise County, Texas, uh, some years ago, uh, facing a a drug charge. And... um, he was convicted of that drug charge, and they, uh, the judge, before they took a break, um, had the prosecution speak because the jury wanted it was going to go out, and they were going to determine the sentencing for this. And the prosecutor got up and said, "You know, we think the man deserves a life sentence." And they they made their case, and and then the, the defense got to make their case, and then they took a break for for lunch, and they were, came came back afterward. When they came back after lunch, the jury had the verdict of what they were going to do, but James was nowhere to be found. He didn't show up. They realized that during the break, James skipped out. He was so afraid of what they were going to do that he just decided to take off. About 36 hours later, the police catch up with him, and they get into this high-speed chase where they end up having to ram his car to get him to stop. When he got out, uh, he, he fought with the police, trying, still trying to get away so that they had to end up tasering him, and they took him back to jail. What the crazy part was, was that the verdict, that the, the, the sentence that the jury came back with was a suspended sentence and a $1,000 fine. In other words, he would have had no time in jail whatsoever and just had to pay a $1,000 fine, and he, would, he could have walked out of there a free man. Now he's got all these other charges going on that are felony offenses that he's got to face. And, and, and when, when he realized what happened, he said, that really was not a good idea, was it? Well, no, it wasn't. But you see, that's what fear does. The enemy takes the fears that we have, and he tries to help us correct our bad decisions with even worse decisions. 
Now, I realized when I was working this message this week that um, I really need to do a whole series on fear because there's way too many things that I, I want to say about this. Um, so I'm not. I'm not going to give you the whole series today. Aren't you glad? I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But, but what I want to do today, I want to I give you just uh, three things that I, that I hope will be just really helpful uh, kind of things that you can hang on to. This is real simple. This is real practical. Uh, but I want to give you just a few things because here's what I know. Some of you are dealing with that fear. And your question today is, Pastor Steve, how can I face that fear and, and really hang in there? How can I do that? Well, I want to give you a few tips. Are you ready? Here we go. Here's the first one. You, if you want to really quiet your heart, quiet your heart by the comforting power of praise. Quiet your heart by the comforting power of praise. I, I love how David began that Psalm 34 that we, that, we, that we read this morning. He says, I will praise the Lord at all times. Don't you find it interesting that David, who faced so much fear, was also the guy who wrote so many psalms? Why? Because those psalms or songs were part of the way that David quieted that fear that was going on in his heart and tried to center himself in, in who God really was. I love this from Psalm 28. Throw that up on the screen. Psalm 28, 7. Read it with me, church. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song, I praise him. You know, one of my, one of my favorite stories in, in New Testament is Acts 16, where Paul and Silas were, were doing God's work they were preaching and teaching and healing and delivering people and all that kind of great stuff. And they got in trouble for it and they're thrown in jail. Now, I don't know how you react when you're doing good stuff and you get falsely accused or, you know, you're trying to do stuff for God and then your world kind of goes bad. But sometimes we take that personally. And I, I, when I read this story, I always think about how would I be if I was in jail for, for preaching? And I thought, man, I, you know, I might be one of those guys curled up in a corner going, God, why did you leave me? Why am I here? I've done good for you. You know, because I think it's sometimes our human tendency. But it was so interesting because when you read Acts 16, it was midnight. And anybody remember what Paul and Silas were doing at midnight in this jail? They were singing hymns. They were singing hymns. And it said, and the other prisoners were listening to it. You know, they, they, they quieted their heart. They didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know what was going to go on. But you know what? They just leaned into God with their songs of praise, and that had a way of quieting them. What, what does praise do for us? I put this on your outline for you. Praise, it has a way of releasing our anxieties. You know, fear is, 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 is emotional. And it needs an emotional release. And a part of the way that we, do, that we can do that is through praise. Think this thought with me for a second. Let me, let, me, let me tell you what I mean by that. Have any of you ever just had a really bad week and, um, and you just kept it all inside? You know, maybe it was a rough time at work. Maybe it was uh, maybe a hard time at, at home or maybe financially or whatever. And you just had all this stuff going on. And, but you really didn't have anyone or didn't want to tell anybody. And so you kept it all inside and you just put on your smile and you kept going. And then you came to church and you find yourself in church. And then all of a sudden you're singing these songs. And in the middle of a song, you just start crying. How many of you have ever had this happen? What's happening? See, Praise and worship has a way of slipping past our brain and going into our heart. And those tears are God's way of helping you to release that pent-up 
pressure that's inside of you. And that phrase, that worship, has a way of centering us and quieting us. Does that, does that make sense? Praise also, when we're, when we're singing songs like that, praise redirects our focus. Uh, it redirects our focus from our problems to our provider. It separates our problems from, you know, it directs, redirects that focus from who we are and what we don't have to who God is and what he does have. And, and that's, a, that's a great way of, of, of helping shift where our mind goes. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later. Praise also restores our confidence. Um, as, the, as the anxiety is slipping out, praise has this way, uh, as we focus into it, uh, of, really, of really leaning into us and, and beginning to just kind of, you know, build that, build that confidence up again of, of who I believe God to be. Um, I'll bet even this morning, there were some of you, as you were singing one of the songs earlier, you not only had some stuff kind of fade out, I'll bet there were some of you that started hanging on to some of those words as, as something that you could stand on as God. God I, just, I just think that's so cool how that happened. In fact, I was thinking about, think about, think, think about this. Think this with me. Let's, let's say for one instance you had, you had a bad week. How, how many of you had a bad week? Anybody? Yeah, four of you. Yeah. Let, let's say you had a bad week. Let's say you had a tough time. Let's say your week was filled with fear. Let's say, let's say God didn't answer prayers the way you wanted him to or or things happen, you don't understand why they happen. And then, and, then, and then you find yourself singing these words from Chris Tomlin. Throw that up on the screen for me, would you please? He says, you hear me when I call. You are my morning song. Though darkness fills my night, it cannot hide the light. Read it with me. Whom shall I fear? Keep going. You crush the enemy underneath my feet. You are my sword and my shield, though my troubles linger still. Read it with me. Whom shall I fear? Half beat there. I, mean, I never, didn't have much rhythm. I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angels' armies is always by my side. Next verse. The one who reigns forever. What is it, church? He is a friend of mine. The God of angels' armies are always by my side. Throw, throw that next one down. I love this. Your strength, my strength is in your name, for you alone can save. You will deliver me. Declare it, church. Yours is the victory. One more time. Yours is the victory. One more time. Yours is the victory. Can you feel the confidence coming back? You see, praise has a way of doing that for us. Not just the praise, but let me give you another piece. Again, this is real simple but very powerful. Distract your fear by declaring God's promises. Distract your fear by declaring God's promises. Why in the world do I make such a big deal to you about getting into the Word of God? Why do I make a big deal about reading, reflecting, memorizing? Why do I do that? Throw that statement up on the screen for me. Because here's what I know. What gets your mind gets you. What gets your mind gets you. Now, we're going to come back to this in a few weeks when I talk about worry and anxiety. Because Paul in Philippians 4 talks about fixing our minds on the right things. Because if you don't fix them on the right thing, they're going to go to the wrong things. And, and, and you're, going to, you're going to go down the wrong track. That's why we need those promises. Throw that verse up on the screen for me, please. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. Read it with me, church. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. <laughs> I love it. Throw that picture up here for me. That's Miss Helen. 
Miss Ellen lives in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Her church uh, this past January um, had a read through the Bible challenge. And their pastor challenged everybody in the church to read through the Bible in a year. And uh, Miss Helen, as they call her, decided to take that challenge. Miss Helen is 99 years old. Took the challenge to read through the Bible in a year. Here's what I thought was really cool. She stated to her pastor, this is what hit social media and I thought was so, so wild. This will be Miss Helen's 61st time to read through the Bible. 61st time to read through the Bible. She said the first time she ever read through the Bible was in 1942 when her church had this challenge, read it through in 42. <laughs> Don't you love it? Read it through in 42. 61st time. Well, when I read this, this, this story, I just started smiling. I thought, how cool is it that a woman 99 years old, walked with God a long time, still understands the power of getting God's word into her heart and life every single day? Every single day. And what I want to tell you is when, when you are armed with that, did you hear what David said? These promises, they are your armor and your protection. They are your armor and your protection. When you are armed with the promises of God, when the enemy begins to speak that fear to you, you have something that you can respond with to keep you grounded and sure. Does this make sense to you? Now, one of the things I, I did for you this week, for any of you who want them, as um, I, I went through and I pulled out about 30 verses or so from Scripture that are verses, Scriptures to help you face your fears. And these are great promises of God in times when you are fearful or afraid, promises that you can claim for yourself. You can put these in your Bible. You can hang this on your refrigerator, uh, keep it on your desk at work, where it, whatever works for you. But we have copies of this on the table out in the lobby and also at the Welcome Center. They're there for you at no extra charge. How about that? The best deal you'll get today, I promise you. You get those. Let me give you one more. Immerse yourself in God's love. Immerse yourself in God's love. When I was, um, when I was working on the message this week, I started thinking about, in my own journey, what has really helped me in times when I felt afraid. And what I realized was, you know, it's in those moments when I really do realize how loved I am by God, that I realize he's not just a deity or a God that's way out there, but he, he is a father who loves me so much. And I realized that in those moments, man, if we can lean into the love of God, how powerful that is. Throw that verse up on the screen. I, I, I love this. 1 John 4.18. Would you read it with me, church? There is no fear in love. Perfect love puts fear out of our hearts. Throw that other passage of Scripture up here with front for me, would you, from Ephesians, please? He says, I pray, Paul says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. I love this. Your roots will grow, grow down into what? Into God's love. And that will keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide. How long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Now read the last verse with me. 
Then you will be made complete with all the fullness and life and power that comes from God. When will you be filled with all the fullness and life and power that comes from God? When your roots go deep into God's love. Amen. Can I give you a visual image of that? I saw a video this week that it's really cute. But it's also, I think, a great image of God. Um, this image, this video is a, a little toddler um, who has either had a nightmare or is having a hard time going to sleep and struggling. And as any parent trying to get the babies to lay down, you know how that goes. But I, I thought as the father handled this child, I thought it was such a great picture of God. I wanted you to see this. This is God for you. Go ahead. How many of you been there, done that? <laughs> And that's God. God doesn't promise you that you won't face things that will cause you to be afraid. What he does promise you is that he will step into your world, into your fears, and he will hold you. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety upon him. Because he cares about you. And this morning, I want us to do what that little baby did. I want us to just put the full weight of all our fear upon God. Rachel, go ahead and come on back. Prayer partners, would you guys go ahead and take your places, please? What I'd like you to do is this. I, I don't know what fears you may be dealing with. I have no idea what fears you may be, you may be facing but this morning, um, I, I want you to just give that fear to God. Uh, right in front of you on the back of the pews are some cards that say, can we pray for you? And, and I want you to be courageous enough this morning to just write whatever fear it is you're facing on that back of that card. And you can hang it on our prayer wall. Um, you can lay it on the altar. You can sign it or not sign it. That's totally up to you. But I want you to be able to have a moment where you just let go of that fear. That you realize, look at me, church. God's got you. He loves you more than you could possibly imagine. And again, I'm not going to promise you he's just going to make all the bad stuff go away. But he promises that when we pray, he hears. And that he will surround us with his love. And that's what I want you to do this morning. I've asked Rachel to lead us in the song we sang earlier that 
I'm no longer a slave to fear. And I want that to be our declaration today. So while we sing this, while we're singing this, you can put your fears on again. You can hang them on the wall, put them on the altar, whatever you want to do with them. But let's make this moment where we give those fears over to God and make this song our declaration and our confidence and allow God to restore our faith in him. Lord Jesus, you, um, you promised us that in this world we would face troubles. And, and sometimes those troubles take our breath away and cause us to fall back on our heels in fear. But you also promised that you have overcome the world. And Lord, I pray today for each and every person who's here. I have no idea what they're walking through, what fears they may be facing today or in the future about their lives or about the people around them. But, but Father, you know today. And I pray today that you would remind each and every one of them that you hold them in the palm of your hand that you are so much more than a God who's way out there, but that you are a God who is right here. Lord, it was just so endearing to see that father climb into the crib of his crying child. Let that child just lay its head on his chest and slip into sleep. And Father, today, I pray that you would help each and every one of your children to do that today as you step into their world right beside them that today that they would put the full weight of all that they are carrying upon you. Lord, as our, as our fear slips away, would you fill us today with faith that's overflowing, faith in who you are, faith in what you can do, and faith in your immeasurable love. These things we pray in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen.